<laughs> I do that too. That's definitely Jules slurping, not Andrew. <laughs> well, I don't actually have a drink for this episode. Do you know what I have in front of me? Drink-wise. Lamb sip. Yes, I do. Which flavor? Top drink alert. Uh, Medicine alert. Lem sip flavor? I don't know. Is it there's lemon or there's white current? Is it uh, yellow like pee or or does it look like blood? Uh, it looks like me. Okay. What color blood does a Klingon have? Uh, depends which series. Yeah. Which? But in your mind, what counts as the real, true color of Klingon blood? Well, I'm not really sure. I mean, it should really be. It's red. Yeah. But do. I've seen it green. Green? Yeah. You've seen it purple. Star Trek Six, it was purple. Oh, right. Do you remember? Well, wait, hang on. What was the blood of the current new Star Trek Klingons? Red, I think. Oh. But in Star Trek Six, it was purple. They, they beamed over to the ship and shot them. Um, and then they turned the gravity Spoiler off. alert. What? Star Trek Six? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Star Trek, I haven't watched the latest five episodes of Discovery. I'm five episodes behind. Yeah, you need to. Yeah. But the blood was purple. The blood was purple. Do you know why? Why? Because they couldn't... Because, yeah, otherwise it would have been like an 18. Otherwise it would have been an 18 if they had that much blood floating around. And it was... Because they they fly over to the ship and there's like blobs of blood floating everywhere. And if they made it red, they would have got a higher rating... Uh, at the cinema, so they made ah. purple. They could have just politics, made it like, eh? yellow or green. That would have been cool. It would have been even more inconsistent if it was. You know, <laughs> green, but... Yeah, but what's consistency? You know. Well, for the Star Trek nerds, it's very important. Yeah, the continuity of the universe. They just can't change people's blood color just because. Just because, yeah. Just because. Just because of a rating. It's just like it's like changing the bloody look of the Klingons every single series. Yeah, they do change them, and they do change them all. Oh wait, times. they do do that. I never was like, "What in the crap?" <laughs> the Andorians changed in the last. You saw the Andorians. Oh, yeah, they did. oh my god, that that episode. Ugh. Question: When when the when does this uh, series end? Discovery. We have two more episodes. Two what, more episodes. Series? Okay, we have two more episodes in series one. How do you guys feel about doing like a special episode just about? that series if if i ever finish it yeah i would like i would like that because yeah. we did say we were going to talk about it again we never did yeah you, i mean you guys will be the main star talkers, trek special but, yeah I'm, what, I'm what should that. we name it and what, what should we name the title it's not can't be star well it can be a bracket star trek special but it should be something like we hate it and then people listen why <laughs> well no yeah we'll pick a quote from the from whatever it is because i'll probably get on a rap page about consistency or shuttle yeah that's or something. true at least the shuttle bay is the right size. You know, good size in Discovery. No complaints about the shuttle bay. <laughs> Did they get the warp factor calculations correct? I I don't know. People complained about the way that it looks in warp, but that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I know. It kind of is little. It's very much. Guys, mild. this isn't the Star Trek episode. Favorite for the special. Andrew, what is a turn touch? So the turn touch uh, remote was a Kickstarter that I picked up. Uh, so it's a remote, like, like a year ago. Yeah, it's a remote, basically for controlling smart home devices. What does it look like? Uh, I've got a mahogany version, so it's all it's made out of wood, um, and it's got wood buttons. It's quite nice. If you look on the, I'll put the link into the show notes about from the Kickstarter, and you can see a video about it. 
but essentially it connects to my phone or Mac or iPad, I think, <clears throat> pardon me, and essentially allows me to control various smart home devices, including the actual computers I'm connected to um, through through the remote. It's got oh, it's some, this thing. Yeah. I, you, yeah, you showed this to me before. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It has a def- it has an interesting app configuration. I mean, it's a bit old looking. Like some parts of it look quite updated, but like the the gradients look quite old. My 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 first question is: You say it connects to your phone and your iPad yeah. and your Mac. Why don't you just use your phone? Uh, it uses one of them, right? And yeah, but I... to control to control your house stuff. Why do you need a remote when you put your phone? Right. Or iPad. I don't know. I, or... bought, I bought this. <laughs> well, there's, there's multiple reasons. <laughs> I love how you just agreed with me. Yeah. No, I do, yeah, no, you're I do right. see what you're saying because I do use my phone more than anything. And, well, my voice, uh, probably the second. But um, I bought this when I was buying like various, um, you know, home automation things as well as integrating a lot more with like Trello and building kind of custom APIs to control various t- uh, systems I have around me, I guess. Um, including things like controlling our website and all that stuff. So, uh, and because this integrates with uh, IFTTT, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to just be able to click a button to do this. Or the Mac, for example, um, I can have it click a button so that it locks my computer. So I can always just make sure that my computer is locked if I wanted to. And also because every so often I have to uh, leave and... um, someone will stay at my house to even if I don't take my dog with me to look after my dog. So I was wanting to give them the ability to control the lights that are now all automated and not, you know, not, they don't fully work by the switch. Right. So uh, the, the light switch. So I was giving yeah. this as a choice, but the, the, but the problem is you take all your devices with you when you travel. And right. You, and and it, I'm assuming it just, the reason it, <laughs> it's like this because it uses Bluetooth, right? Not, uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So right. this is one thing that is really annoying about this thing is that it there's no like hub for it. It uses your computer or your phone or your iPad as the hub, which means that if I'm not there or my computer's not on, it has nothing to connect to. Shame it doesn't work with the Apple TV. Yeah, I mean, that would be really, really Yeah, cool. I was just thinking that. It's a shame that there's nothing that you can just connect it to, either being the HomePod or the Apple TV. Which would make sense because they 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 are stationary, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, but you say that, but I've also been taking my Apple TV with me. Twice. Yeah, I mean, so, well, you have like three Apple TVs. Uh, like... No, I have two. One of them's the old one that won't support anything like this. So, oh. I, and, oh, so is the old one dead now? Then is it just not getting any updates? Uh, I I do think it gets so the the way the old one works is you can get software updates for it, um, but they're kind of like shipped to it, and then uh, occasionally like the apps on it. The, the services that it has available to it will change, but I don't actually know because I haven't turned it on in like a year. It's been sat in my bedroom where with a TV that I don't yeah. I never use. So, um, but anyway, back to the turn church. Uh, I haven't had much of a chance to play with this. I got this at like the start of the year and uh, it got delivered to the start of the year and I haven't been in Leeds for uh, 90% of this, this month. Um, I still haven't had a chance to play over yet. I connected it up and I was like, oh yeah, I can do this cool stuff. And then I kind of left it on my desk and haven't used it yet. Does it feel like a nice uh, device? Does it feel nice? Because it looks nice. Yeah, it does. I mean, some like some parts it's quite soft and then some parts it's quite 
rugged. I feel like it could have been maybe lacquered or varnished a bit more, maybe. Um, one thing is really cool that is it does split. So there's magnets holding it together, essentially. Uh, and that is because you can go in and change the battery, which is actually something I was worried about because I was like, well, if it dies? And these things are not, you know, they're not cheap. And also they come from San Francisco. So it's not like I can just order another and have it the next day. So how easily does it split then to get to the battery? Is it quite uh, tough? No, no, it's just like some, if you, if you drop it, does, will it, will it fall apart? No, it requires a, a little bit of, you know, work, but I've got it open right now in my hands and uh, you can just put like a nail in there and kind of just, just open it. It's pretty simple. And then it makes this really nice sound when you click that together. Yeah, it, it certainly does look like a nice, you know, tactile device. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my question would be about how it connects to, if you want to use it for home automation stuff, how it connects to that. Um, it'd be interesting to see when you uh, when you try it out. Yeah, so essentially the, the software running on the devices is doing all the heavy lifting. And this mm-hmm. remote just is just sending a signal to the to that app, well, you know, that service, and it's just saying, hey, then do this thing, which then will make an API call, for example, or use some local APIs, basically, to do that kind of stuff. So there's nothing to... I think, I think the, the biggest part about this is the hardware. It's actually shipping a hardware product at scale because it's got quite a lot of backers, mm-hmm. um, which is a cool How much part. did it raise? Uh, a total you know, of uh, $57,000. That's not a lot of money. To no, but a $25,000 goal... And yeah, I guess. I mean, we know better than a lot of, not a lot of people, but we know more than the average mm-hmm. um, person about shipping hardware products and the cost of things like tooling, PCB tooling, you know, case tooling. I mean, $25,000 is not a lot of money. You could spend that on just getting your tooling set up. So they must have had some form of other cash injection idea. I don't it's interesting. But then again, it is a small device. It is a smaller device. Yeah, and the, the guy who made these, uh, Samuel Clay, he did actually put a lot of the work in himself. Like, he wasn't outsourcing a lot of this stuff. Like, the, yeah. the last last final touches and stuff and shipping them, he did all himself. So he was, uh, overall, he might have been running at a deficit, so, but we don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he won't, he might do all the PCB design stuff. He might even do the industrial design of the, the casing, but then mm-hmm. the tooling for oh, yeah, the yeah. casing would cost a lot of money but yeah i mean actually, it's small so there's actually a couple of videos i'll try and see if i can dig them out and um about how he made them and uh, like i think he did a lot of the prototyping and stuff like that so it's pretty cool to see the one thing i am upset about or you know upset might be a bit extensive but it didn't reach the seventy five thousand dollar a uh, 75 yeah seventy five thousand dollar goal which was to unlock HomeKit support which would have been interesting to see on that it says it supports HomeKit on the website though yeah, I think it's it's either here now or it's it's coming in an update. I'm not fully oh. certain. Oh, okay. But uh yeah, I think I think it's still happening, but it just it didn't ship with it. I'm I'm not fully sure. Or he just did it's, it anyway. Kickstarter is interesting for that kind of thing, really, isn't it? Um I recently did a Kickstarter for um for an application and mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure like they've got ninety percent of it done. And you think you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, what's the what's the money what's what's the money going to then? And they say these stretch goals, and then they they give an update, and it's they're clearly working on things with the stretch goals already. Yeah, I don't quite get it. Yeah, everyone does it differently, though, don't they? 
Mm. I've just seen that their website has actually changed and now they have like a, a wall mount for it, which is kind of cool. But it's $130 and all it is is like a a little thing that you put it in on the wall. Um, I probably won't be getting that. I need to use it more first. Uh, I was actually involved in a Kickstarter recently. I was a hand model, which you probably might have seen on my Twitter because I was oh, yeah. sarcastically right. tweeting about that. But uh, that was actually pretty cool. That was a very tiny tiny phone that worked very very tiny um mm. anyway so yeah that's the tensor I, I might update on it in the future um if i actually start using it I, I, I would like to spend some time and see what i can do with it but i have not got the time lately to experiment with controlling various things of this apart from what it does out of the box so i don't want i would you know i think that the powerful part for me was that i'd be able to do a lot of like if stuff for it so controlling and kicking off some ifttt things but um that is not going to be possible for me in the next. You you use IFTTT quite a bit for your home stuff, don't you? I did. Um, oh, I do did. you not know? No, because one of the main things I did with it was doing uh, using Alexa. Basically, oh, she turned <laughs> off. Um, using the Echo to do many tasks from one command and custom tasks. So, for example, I have two Hue lights in here, and I also had a Wemo switch controlling the power of my, my actual desk. And when it, I was able to, I would say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Dot, please, you know, turn off the office, right? To just, to just turn off the office. And it would then turn off both lights and turn off the power. That power switch is now gone, and I can do that through a scene on HomeKit, so it's a bit less required right. now. So you, don't, so you don't need that now. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was excited to see that IFTTT support is coming to Cortana. Um, oh yeah. I don't know, I don't know what so we're going to get. I think you use it more than I do. I did. I use it for I use it for things like um, when I favorite something in Feedly, it goes to another service and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite yeah. it goes to pocket to this massive long list of articles that look interesting but i'll but i've never read never read don't, yeah. don't tend to read not, I've got not, so never never is a very it. strong word there but not very often let's put it that way <laughs> i'm just going to sign into my ifttt now and see if i have anything else active jordan have you ever used ifttt much or actively used no it? um i just so mm. No, I've never used it. I've seen it. I've even signed into it to see what you know what there is available. The problem I have with it was when you you know when you got your Alexas and used IFTT to kind of like control different scenes and you you would go Alexa you know do this yeah you would have to and it would go to IT, IFTT wouldn't it to do certain things certain things yes yeah you would go you know trigger this. Yeah, because you could only word. use trigger to mm-hmm. get it to go to IFTTT, and I was just like, mm, not really what I want. But nothing in my house um, requires it. Like you know, I've got a Philips Hue, and I've got Sonos, and I've mm-hmm. got um, you know a few different things. But everything kind of integrates with HomeKit and Alexa by default. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't need to do it. But I mean, I don't have anything like that. I use it for other things. I use it for web services. And yeah, I've never used it for any home automation stuff because I don't have anything that's that's to automate. But um, no. but I use it for web services. I mean, we we used it in the past to put 
RSS feed notifications into Slack, uh, I used it to automatically save mm. links from Twitter. I've used it to um, save pictures from Instagram and things like that. Um, so I've never used it for home automation, but I use it for other things. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm kind of missing the point of it. Like, the problem is, I, I downloaded, you know, Workflow for iPad. Um, yeah, yeah. And I downloaded it, and I've not set up any workflows, because I just can't think of what I would want to set up a workflow for. And I'm with IFTTT. Well, so yeah. it's the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, and it's, yeah I, get, I totally get that. Um, the Have you looked at the gallery on Workflow? Because there's some really, really good stuff in the gallery. Yeah, um, and I, I went through it, and I was like, "No, I don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that." Ugh, right, I'm closing this. <laughs> yeah, like it. I think there's a um, there's a point where if you're do it, like if you're doing more things in your iPad, and you because you you start to use your iPad quite a lot, right? And there will be there will be so many tasks that you do and replicate. And if you were doing a lot of admin on your iPad, as in like you know accounting kind of related stuff and that kind of stuff. If you were doing that more on your iPad with with handling files, Workflow would fit very nicely in in doing that kind of stuff for you. So that's an interesting thing, though. Like, I do do a lot of like expenses claims, and I do do a lot of like looking at figures, but I don't have to process them. And like, so for my expenses, which is quite a repetitive task, Zero just handles it all for me. Mm. So I don't need Workflow. Yeah, but there's there's various things like uh, okay, so um, the other day I was doing a claim and uh, say the images were rotated the wrong way, and I also wanted to compress them. So it was like okay, um, I would have a workflow that would say all right, select photos. I would select the photos I wanted it, but then rotate them to the correct uh, rotation, and then compress them, and then save them back, and then I could use those to submit in various places if I needed to. Yeah. Instead of doing it all manually and doing it, you know, three times over for three receipts, it's things like that. And I think, I think maybe that's something you can work on is identifying repetitive tasks on iOS, whether it be on your iPad or your iPhone. Don't don't get me wrong. Like you know, I'm all about automating things that take me ages because I'm lazy. I'm lazy in a good way, right? But I say lazy in a good way. Um, but I just haven't found anything on my iPad right now that I'm thinking, God, this is so cumbersome and. And I do use my iPad a lot more than I have done ever. Yeah. But I just haven't, I haven't found, because I use it for reading, right? I use it for reading emails. I use it for replying to emails. Now, when Workflow supports uh, some kind of AI that knows exactly how I'm going to respond to my emails oh, and will God. ask me how I want, then I will probably... It Workflow's job. <laughs> it's a joke. I know, but God. Then, then it would probably be more useful to me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But I've got it, because it's free. Yeah, I mean, I paid for it, but it was it was worth it at the time. And if you start doing anything, because I know, I think this is less the case now with with our lives. But like, I have various APIs that I use to either in myself or even public APIs that if I wanted to scrape data from and uh, set things up, then I would do. And if I was doing time tracking as well, that's quite a popular use of it. Is just um, there's obviously time tracking apps that have integrations with Workflow, so. They kind of just you can cut out the the this like selection part. Say if you were going and selecting the or right, I'm now starting to write code and selecting that, you could just have a button on your iPhone that says I'm writing code now. Instead of going into the app and then selecting I'm writing code and then press start. So there's there's a couple of things you can do that if you were doing uh that kind of stuff that would help. Maybe. But I, I I enjoy it and I do want to use it more. I mean 
both on my iPad and my iPhone. But, and that's a whole different story. For another time, maybe. Yeah. So that's the turn search with its tangent. Um, Jordan, I wanted to ask you, because you, you were mentioning on, on iOS as well, uh, you're using MindNode now. Yeah. Um, I say I'm using it. I've started, I've like played around with it. I downloaded it. Um, I'm on the two-week free trial, which I'm not really getting the most out of just yet because I just haven't had time to sit down and mind node. But um, I'm probably just going to pay for it, so I've got it. Um, the reason being is I do a lot of Apple Pencil and Paper 53-ing, you know, as like lots of bubbles, lots of like almost like mind diagrams when I'm planning out big sections of work. And I kind of realized that I need to be able, what I need to do is, and something that is, is has come up quite recently when I'm working with large teams is we have the big picture on our head technically mm-hmm. or for a project or for a product. And when we get the rest of the team involved, we, we explain it and we talk about it and everyone's like, yep, we know what, what's going on. But actually, wouldn't it be easier if I could just have the bigger picture in like a mind node file and then keep updating it and then sending it around so people understand like they have got a visual image to go along with my explanations uh, of where we're going with the product and you know a lot of people do this already and i used to use paper and send like my paper you know drawings around to people in slack and um you know hip chat or whatever you know tech chat application we use on various different teams we work with mm-hmm. um the the thing is though it, it's really difficult to navigate them when you've got 50 of them in these paper notebooks and they, they call them journals um and so you're flicking through and you're like, oh, what does that mean here? Or like, does this fit in with this second diagram or the 15th? Yeah. And I think I had a look at my node and I, I've had a look at like those kind of diagramming tools before. But my, my instant, and I'm guilty of, of this in, in a, not a bad way, but I always go and look at the free section. The free section of what? The app store? Of, uh, the app store, yeah. Yeah. And so I'll download mine, like mind mapping tools. And all, they were all terrible. And I'm like, yeah. And, I realized that, and this shouldn't be a shock horror, like, not shock horror, but, you know, a shock, that I should have just been looking at the paid ones. problem with the paid ones is you have to pay for them before you can try them. Um, and you can't really refund them. Yeah, which was, you, you, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can do that kind of stuff. But MindNode, um, you basically download it for free, you get a two-week free trial, and then, you know, you do an in-app purchase to get the full thing, which really suited me. Um, and yeah, I'm going to start using that. I I did a few little diagrams and it was kind of, I wouldn't say tricky to get the hang of it, but you know, when you've got a new application and usually you used to something like Microsoft Visio. So it's like very much like I have a keyboard and a mouse. So I pretty much know how to create these diagrams. So is it, is it more like Visio where it could be any type of diagram or is it, or is it like a mind map? It's more mind mapping. It's not like Visio at all, but it's got this. It's the same concept to me. It's a similar concept when you're doing a diagram. You have blocks, and then you have lines, and they connect, and then you have like more things that connect, and then you want to label them, right? I know Visio is a lot more than that. Visio is more a lot more than that, but mind maps. Uh, well, depending on who you ask, mind maps are, are also uh, strict in their in their definition as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm not up to scratch on what kind of definitions mind maps have but i didn't want visio on the ipad um for this kind of work 
um, mm-hmm. because it's just got too much. I want to be, I want to be given kind of a strict framework to work in when I'm doing mind maps because then I don't have to, like, first things, things will be consistent, right? It'll be consistent mind maps. They'll look similar. Yeah. They'll have similar features. You know, Jordan, just, just on that, the externalization of both the paper documents and the, um, mind nodes could totally be handled by workflow. <laughs> Just to tie that into our last conversation. Okay. Oh, you mean so I don't have yeah. to like so I can just take like export last paper document or something Things like that. that and oh yeah and sharing yeah. them wherever you need to. Or if you want to get yeah, them upload out them to paper, OneDrive exactly, and then do some processing on them or, or yeah rename yeah I like them. that idea. There's plenty yeah. of stuff you can do here. Yeah, I like that. I like that. There you go. So in the next podcast, we'll do some follow up. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you how I go on with that. And you won't have done anything. Yeah, I've, I've tried it. I like it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to pay for it. Um, I'm glad that it's a paid-for app because it means that it'll be around. Is it just, you know, as a bit of a tangent here, but when you said that you always check the free the free area, I just yeah, I I never know. do that. I never I do know. that. I know, I know. I, I, I do the opposite. I just, I, I look at the, the top paid ones with a particular, where it's for a particular thing, and then I start looking at the reviews. But generally, I mean, the, the app store on... Uh, the Microsoft Store doesn't have that many anyway. There, are, there are mind mapping tools on there, and they tend to use the same format, which I think it's the yeah. XMind file format. But um, uh, I tried one for a while. Um, I just it was good, but um, I decided not to use it in the end, and I've gone for using uh, just Ink to do the mind maps instead. The thing about the app store is you've got the three uh, free apps that are from companies who make a lot of money elsewhere and it's giving people access to their platform on the mobile. So things like, uh, you know, Facebook, right? And that kind of thing. And also banks. Well, Jira and HipChat and yeah, yeah, Slack, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you pay for all of them. They're free apps, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got the the middle ground Standalone. of uh, free things where it's just, you know, some in a developer who is kind of just making stuff and then putting maybe ads in there to try and make yeah. money. Those are the ones that I try to avoid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, then you've got the productivity tools where it's indie developers who are actually like, I could really do something cool here. And then, you know, it might be a really nice app to use. And then, but they need to make money. So they, you know, they deserve that money if, if they do make a good app. So, you know, I always typically try and get something that's recommended. And most of those recommendations from uh, people I listen to about this stuff will be in, you know, paid and for indie developers who, are spending their personal time trying to build something cool. So top tip is definitely to go to the paid section or look on reviews for, for this kind of productivity tool. Yeah, definitely. You know, it sounds really it sounds really cheap, right, by saying I look at the free section, but that's just because... Well, for testing with, it's, it's the trying out mind map. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. It's not that I like buying apps because I know if I'm buying an app, the quality is going to be... Like, it's, it sounds strange, but every app that I bought, um, the 99P ones, the 299 ones, obviously the quality is much better. But, you know, when you, when I, if, if my node was 15 quid, which it is, I think, for my node 4, because they have a few different versions, I would pay that for an mm-hmm. iPad app, right? Maybe not an iPhone app, right? Because I just don't know if I could justify the use of something like that on my iPhone. But yeah. the iPad is a, is a computer that I'm using just as much as my laptop at the moment for different things but i want to make use of it it's an expensive device right and it's a very powerful so i might as well keep going 
and building up my tooling around how I use it. So yeah, definitely think that that workflow thing, I will try. Mm. Um, yes, it's given me a few ideas. And then I can use IFTTT to like announce to everyone in every single chat channel that there is a new diagram somewhere in the internet. I had an idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So That's going to yeah. be exciting for us, isn't it, Jules? You have to put up with that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Jules didn't even dignify that with more, a, a proper response. It was like, mm, great. Yeah, I, I've definitely spent some time and spent money with applications that I both use and uh, don't use much, but I'm glad I have them. So I think investing in an app that you see a benefit in and you've tried is definitely worth it. So I, I agree. With I that. I tried um, I tried a number of my mapping applications in my time, um, and um, gen- generally I've actually found that I, I I just actually prefer just using either pen and paper or digital ink to do them. Um, but I have, I've tried, I've tried quite a few. There was one, I've forgotten the name off the top of my head actually, which was uh, very similar to, uh, Office. Um, let me just actually find out because it's going to drive me nuts if I can't remember what it's called. Is it Money Superset Deluxe Supreme? Sunset. Sunset. <laughs> no. Money Sunset Deluxe Edition. Mindjet. <laughs> it was, it was Mindjet, my manager. And, um, they, they, uh, they basically made it look like Office. It looked, it looked like a Visio type thing, um, and you created structured mind maps in it, and it followed the general mind map with a cap- with two capital M's rules, which are the ones that that uh, Tony Bazan originally invented when he came up with the idea of mind mapping, which is one of the things. I think mind map is a trademark. It's one of these things. It's not just a thing. It's not just an idea. It's actually it's a, like the the Hoover, the jacuzzi. Yeah, um, but and I. And I think uh, a mind map, it's one of those ones, I, I don't care, because I just think mind mapping is a task, really. It doesn't it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But I think for some people, mind mapping is is uh, his definition of mind mapping. Either way, uh, uh, the MindJet, Mind Manager, or whatever it's called, um, I, I spent a lot of time in it, and I did a lot of stuff. Um, and I found that for long-term mind maps, like for things that are like mapping out a year, a plan for, for a year, uh, it was good for that. Um, but some of, some of the smaller things, it just seemed like a waste of time to use it. Where I could just yeah. do it on a bit of paper. Um, yeah. But but it, cost, it, got, it did cost money, and it cost quite a bit of money. And I just decided that actually I didn't care that much for it. Um, and I just, I never really use it again. I, I, I extended my trial a couple of times um, for it, but uh, so I, I never really found any software for that. I did try Visio as well. Visio has got a mind mapping uh, uh, mode, but um, it's not particularly advanced. So mm. I just, I tend to use um, uh, OneNote to do it, but I did try using Microsoft Whiteboard, which is like a collaborative um inking application which is super interesting um but i I basically created some of my own mind maps on this recently um just at the end of uh 2017 i i I made quite a few of them the problem for me that i found with that is that they're stuck in that application and this is what's going to ask you jordan is that you know uh, i at the moment whiteboard is a preview there's no way of me being able to pull that data out i can't copy paste it i can take screenshots but i can't really get that data out in any way yeah now is that something that that bothers you like if you 
yeah. if you buy one of these bit. applications, one of these apps from the app store that is that costs money and is a little productivity app, there's always the worry that it's it's a little silo that you're putting some data in and there's no way of getting that data out. Yeah, a, a little bit, but that's negated by the fact that what I want to do is share the mind map that I do in MindNode as a PDF, right? Right, so that's the outcome uh, anyway. You're just yeah. using it to generate the PDF. Yeah, and then I send that around to people so they've got an idea of where we're going. But I know what you mean. Like, sometimes you wish you could have your own, like, Microsoft Graph-type API for everything that you, for your whole... All things. Yeah, like, in, like, OneNote and would just have, be able to just deal with everything in yeah. it. And that would be your interface to it. I would really like that. There's, if I If I could have that... um I would want two types of things. And I bet there's a great iOS application for doing um, timelines. Uh, so my mapping would be one of them. One way of, I like some construction data in like a rich application that is well supported. I wouldn't say no. You know, if it was in OneNote or whatever, I wouldn't say no if there was a way of doing my mapping. And the other one would be timelines. Um, mm, yeah, like Gantt, Gantt charts type timelines or... Uh, you mean like uh, Microsoft uh, no. project planning related stuff? Yeah, but but not even like not even necessarily like that. Like I would, I have been interested in the idea of having, uh, uh, being able to see date related information in a timeline spanning like multiple years. Like say for example, if I wanted to store some data into a system and say, right, these are dates that this thing happened. Take take my calendar information and put it into this timeline. Take this information and be able to see data from multiple sources in the timeline. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and again, you know, I went out and I found a piece of software that was quite similar to, you know, the scale of something like Word or Excel. I found one that did it and I did a trial and I liked it for a while and then I thought, yeah, this is really good. But I just don't, I'm, I'm not keen on on really investing in anything, any of those applications where I think that it's, I guess it's, uh, I guess part of it is like, it's, it's not my, it's not in my ecosystem. It's like a, I'm relying on a third party to make a thing. And mm. I just, I, I always pull back and I always think, well, actually I'll wait, I'll wait and I can do this on paper. I can find other ways of doing this and just, you know, not do it yet. But time, timelines and my maps are ones I would, the kind of structured information that I would really like to have applications help me do. App idea alert. Mindline. Uh, <laughs> so what, storing mind maps on a, on a, on a line? No. no. Well, no, 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 no. Exactly what you just said, right. An application that's integrated in, that can integrate into lots of different applications like um, To-Do, and I'm talking about the Microsoft ones, but it could be anything, um, Jira, Okay, maybe not Jira because that's more company based. Okay, think about it like this: Trello, OneNote, various uh, Paper Fifty Three, yeah. yeah, various applications where you create stuff, and all it does, and and even OneDrive, and like, uh, and every time you create things, whether it's a new mind map or it's a new file in OneNote, or it will just stick them on a chronological timeline with a bubble coming off it and go, oh, you created this document. You created this, and this was the document, and here's a blurb about what the document is, and that could be automatically generated. And then you write an Outlook, piece of Outlook, an Outlook extension that, that you can maybe display this in Outlook in some way if you want it in Outlook, but at the end of the day, you could just log in somewhere and go, right, I created this task, I finished this task, oh, look, I created this file in between, 
um, look, this mind node, I create this mind node in between. And you could tag them and label them with things so you can maybe like filter down your time, your mind line with a label. And that would be what you want, right? Yeah. And, and um, I, I did actually just quickly have to sneakily look this up. Um, I remember reading about a Microsoft research project that did something very similar. I couldn't remember the name, so I just had to look it up. But it's called My Life Bits, and uh, basically, <laughs> basically, that's not the best name in the world. Uh, well, it's like some research project, you know. This is from it was a, a two thousand one, and basically, it would pull all of this stuff together. Um, basically, it had it had a SQL Server in the back end, and it would have a way of displaying all this information in a timeline, and it would take all of the emails and calendar and all the digital information and display it at a timeline. And also um, uh, the guy who did the research, uh, you know, pulled in a lot of, uh, took photos of things and then pulled those in to be digital as well. And it was, it was an interesting project. And I remember reading about that when it was new back in the, back in the early 2000s. Um, and I guess that, you know, I've always kind of wanted it because of reading about those things, but I've never seen it. Anything get close to it? Maybe we should, when we've got a little bit of time, which should actually happen at some point in this year. We should maybe, because we've always talked about having like a Hark Research Projects division. Mm. Um, where we we invest some time into that, make some productivity application prototypes. You know, yeah. watch this space. We'll see. That's the first time we've actually mentioned our company name on the podcast. So there you go. Do Jim. we want to edit it out? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm not first. I'll probably edit this bit out, though. If you'd like to find the show notes for today's episode, you can go to mavispodcast.com slash 17. You can also find them in your podcast app player of choice, or podcast player app, I guess, of choice. And uh, you can tweet us on Twitter at mavispodcast if you want to send us any questions, and we can answer them on the show. I recently picked up Trello again, and now I have it on... Uh, both of my Macs and my iPad and my iPhone for some reasons that I find kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys find them interesting, but essentially uh, I was... So I have obviously my notebooks and um, digital notes and tasks and as well as task lists, basically. So, but the problem with those is that they're they're quite... Like, tasks in a notebook or on my task list they so just like you know once they're done they're done and a lot of things in my life and, and your guys lives as well are not like that they're long running you know they have multiple tasks to them i guess and essentially just you know keeping aware of things and doing what you can every day to kind of push that that task forward it's not necessarily something like you can just pick it up and do it and mark it as done yeah um, so i picked up trello for this and i have um the trello board in front of me right now and i have kind of an upcoming current in progress aftercare and done columns um that i'm using to categorize things into when in which stage they're in and then i have obviously labels for which part of uh, my my uh life they're kind of in uh, i don't know if this is across uh, your minds at all or what you guys do to deal with this kind of stuff but it's quite hard to just just keep track of everything that's going on, what you need to be aware of, what's coming up in the future and what's coming, you know, what's currently in progress, what is not, you know, what isn't done yet. And those things that aren't just a case of being like, hey, I need to send this email, okay, done, and that's done. 
do you guys do anything for this this kind of task? Or so, yeah, I, I I certainly understand the appeal of Trello. I uh, I used it for um I was I want to say maybe about a month. I don't really know mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, and I basically took. I, I kept using at the time uh, Wonderlist, and I just put um, the, took the projects part essentially that I used to have in Wonderlist and put it into Trello. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I did like uh, I did like it, and um, I like the idea of what you can do with Trello, but there's something about it that just didn't work for me. And right. it's probably because for me personally, there isn't a good application story for it. Um, so there's not, there isn't, um, it doesn't have the same uh, client functionality, something like um, Wonderlist or To Do or OneNote. So I just, I just kind of pulled back on it. But I certainly understand the appeal. You know, you can have different boards, and in those boards, you can have different swim lanes, and then in those, you mm-hmm. can have the tasks, and then those can have subtasks. Uh, you can assign them to people. You can put labels on them. There's, there's a, it's quite rich in the in the ways that you can actually order the data. Um, so I, yeah. could, I could definitely see the appeal. Um, yeah. Do you, I, I think, if I remember correctly, at the time, it helped me get clarity and then when i felt like i didn't need it anymore i stopped mm-hmm. using it i think that's basically how it worked i there was like a month where i had a lot of things that i wanted to work out and i put things in there reviewed them every day after a while i felt like i didn't really need it and then kind of stopped using it i think the key part is that i'm not using it for one single like you know a day task right or Oh, yeah, simple sure. task right i've still got to do it it's more overview isn't it exactly yeah. it's it's long running things that move very slowly or you know need progression in various parts to keep track of and i mean one example that i've got right now on, on the personal side is uh my car insurance uh quote right now because uh there was an incident basically not that wasn't my fault and um that my one of my one of my cars is now currently just uh sat in my driveway basically uh and i'm waiting for that to, to come back and it's like i've been a i've been away i've been doing other things and i completely forgot for about two weeks that i need to follow up with them and it's just that kind of that kind of thing there's also a lot of stuff going on with with the company with various parts of work and various bits of personal life that's like okay i need to get these things done and they're long running and not necessarily i need to get these things done but the company needs to move forward in this way and get these things done and uh you know these are currently something we're looking to do or in the future we're going to need this and i don't want to lose track of that just by just having it deep in a field notes or notebook somewhere and it doesn't fit in at a task list because it's not ready to do yet so yeah. trello trello i've used like uh, like you said i've used it in the past for I mean, I've used it in agencies for for doing uh, sprint-related work before, which is, I think, as might have been what it was originally for. Um, yeah, any of that, any of that board style. Yeah, exactly. Work. Yeah. I think it was it was productivity for people rather than like in it like a software team in terms mm. of a sprint. It's like for general, I am a person. I need to do stuff. It was originally done by Frog Creek, wasn't it? I, I, yes. Do they still yeah. do it? Or do they sell it? They sold it. They sold it to Atlassian, who owned Jira. Oh, God, mm-hmm. is it owned by them now? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, it has a massive hoo-ha about it. Well, no wonder I'm not interested in using it. But, um, well, I'm happy to, I'm happy to transfer to something that, you know, was maybe a bit more, a bit better and owned by a different company. Um, but Trello fits in just really simply. It's really lightweight. It's not heavy. It just literally, it's got my columns and that's all I needed to do. And it's synced across my devices. Um, yeah. And I, I know it's actually the interesting thing was I, uh, I logged into my trial account, which I haven't used in two years, and found stuff from when we were first starting our own company, and uh, we used to use it there, and it was quite interesting to see that, but uh, that was the last time I used it, and I've just picked it back up. So I've been using that. Uh, Jordan, you obviously have a, this, a similar, not necessarily problem, but a similar, I'm just going to use the word problem, with... <laughs> dilemma. Yeah, dilemma with this stuff, right? We have a lot of, well, we all do as well, Jules, uh, including Jules, long-running things like the company is doing this or this is coming up and where how do you categorize that i mean do you just have it in notebooks and then no i, I remember at the start of this year i said i was going all digital yes so everything i mean digital. i'm including digital notebooks by the way mm, like paper no, which so, you use yeah like occasionally i will make some check boxes in paper if i've got like half an hour of stuff to do and i'm going I, this doesn't need to be in a to-do because it's like i'm just going to smash it out in half an hour um but I found I had the same problem as you when I was using Wonderlist, mm-hmm. where I would just have these big lists and they would they wouldn't really go down because I would be adding stuff and then removing them and it would always stay up and I'd have stuff that I would want to do in three months' time and then I would break them out into different lists. So I was like, right, to do right now, to do in the you know in the future, mm-hmm. um, maybe and make a maybe to do list and uh, just it's here for the sake of being here. Yeah. Um, and so then switching. To Microsoft to do help me because it's got this my day feature. Yeah, but these are uh, I, these are still. I don't think this is the right. This is no, not no. I'm not saying it's a it's a it's a direct comparison, but it helped right. me to reorganize myself in a in a better way than because I totally get you. I'm in the same problem. I have stuff that I I want to do, but it doesn't really fit into my workflow. But I don't really want to add another tool mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. my. Yeah. Arsenal of to do stuff because then I've got to do for my to do list, and then I I would have Trello for my tr- like you know to has another to do list, and would I just make just use Trello instead of to do and just make them shift and only have one, and then I've got obviously we've got VSTS for all our work mm. sprint planning for actual work, which I obviously we look at a lot more than probably most people because we're constantly working, and then. I would have my Outlook calendar, which would tell me what events are coming up, and I would. It would just be another tool that I would have to like but it's, deal with. Now I'm not. It's not necessarily for me. It's not a to do list. It's an awareness list, right? It's all the things that are going on around me and included for me right now that I am like working on or towards. Mm. Not like it's, yeah. I, I have things in my to do list still to do. Like all right, clean out the garden. That is like a single task that I just need to plan in and be like, okay, that's done, right? But these are things, you know, that insurance quote stuff is not some is is that uh, that specific thing is I'm waiting for them to come back to me, and I just want to be aware on it because if it runs past another two weeks and I haven't heard anything, I want to I want to know what the hell's going on, right? And there's a lot of lot of things in the in terms of the company, and I won't name any of them, obviously, or places with our with our living situation 
and they're all top line and they're all mm. they're all just awareness it's not necessarily task it's it's awareness for me ah well in that case then yes my digital notebook my paper i would have like four or five bubbles yeah and I would just go back and look at those bubbles and go, right, living situation. Or like, for instance, here's something that I, like I got, a, and this would go into my to-do list, but I just haven't, I, I would want to put it somewhere, but I don't, it's not a to-do just yet. Like um, it's been a year since we went to our growth and I, oh, my car yeah. broke down and I paid for the AA mm-hmm. and now the renewals come through and it's like, Can't oh no, <laughs> this is like 200 pound more than last yeah. year because they do it. And I'm like, the, the, the task is not too I do I cancel it? The task is I need to look for a different provider because yeah, I think having breakdown cover is a good idea. Yeah, like so like go like, do some searching. But mm-hmm. I don't need to do that for another four to six weeks and I don't really want to add it to my to-do list. Um, So between my paper and my, my actual, my OneNote, like I I can deal with that. Yeah. Like my OneNote is, my OneNote is like full of stuff. Yeah. Like, and the, the, the so I, I have bare notes and I've put, I put I used to put all this stuff in there and I used to like you know sit down and kind of think and use my Apple Pencil and draw things out. But I found that I would never go back to those notes because they were like, oh, they're in there. And then I would mm. move on. And then but anything I was actively working on, I would, you know, like the field note stuff, I would just put it there. Then you're kind of working with it. And any like architectures that I needed to just quickly do on my iPad, for example, like, they would go in there and I would look at them. But... Mm. It's the overall picture in one central place for me that I'm in, that I'm enjoying. Yeah. I guess we can compare it to a fish tank with one of those air, like you know they've got the like filtration systems where it's just continuously going around in a loop. Yeah, yeah, like, like that is what you that yeah totally like one note is like you're bringing fresh water, it goes into the tank and then it gets evacuated into the sea into the ocean right, and then what you really want. It, is a fish tank where you're recycling. It's just this flow, this constant flow of coming back and refiltering and coming back and it goes through different stages like filtering and back in the fish tank and the fish, you know, they drink it and, oh, yeah, Um, you (laughs) know. I'm going to clean it out a little bit occasionally. Yeah, and you'll change the filter occasionally. Yeah. Or you'll add a new little module to, like, add more oxygen to the water or something. Yeah. Um, So I'd I'd be interested to see if you guys... (laughs) do anything like this in the future instead of just using notebooks for long-running um awareness things yeah i mean the thing is i i know that there's tools like this available so i know that i can always use them when i need to mm-hmm. but i do try and keep things as simple as possible mm. and the way i actually tend to do that kind of thing is by doing regular reviews so um for example in uh and i, I did write a blog post about this in wonderlist but i do basically the same thing now uh, in Microsoft To Do, for example, I have uh, a list called Waiting For, where I'm waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And that that is just so that I know that there's a placeholder there. There's a thing. Yeah. The thing is going to happen. I'm waiting for it. It's not my action. I'm waiting for it. Uh, and I review these things every week. I, res- I review my to-do list every mm-hmm. week. Um, and then, so I never really, I, I, obviously I lose track of things. Everyone does, but, um, I get the majority of that stuff, uh, reminded through that system yes. uh, in, in a similar way inside of OneNote, I create a new section every month. So at the start of the month, I create a new section called right. the name of the month. 
Um, and then inside with the year in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't bother putting the year in it because I archive them per year. But but yeah, same uh. same thing. Um, and then uh, in there, I create one page every week. I create mm-hmm. other pages as well. So if I'm creating a page that has a shopping list or some diagram or any kind of thing that, that, I, that I would traditionally use Quick Notes for, uh, which yeah. is a concept in OneNote for just write something down, they go into that monthly uh, section. Right. Um, and then at the end of that month, I go through all of the pages in that section and see if there's any data that needs to be moved to the next one. And then I create another uh, section for that next month. And then I copy all the bits across. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I do a review every quarter and then a review every year. And yeah. so rather than, rather than having, I mean, rather, you know, rather than having a tool that does that for me, it's more about the process. Yeah. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I and totally so I built that structure into Todo and into uh, OneNote. And that's, that's how I get those things. Um, and, you know, I, like I say, I, I really like knowing that those tools are out there. I mean, I, I use things like VSTS again all the time. And, um, yes. you know, Trello, Trello is a good way to get some of the similar kind of concepts of the boards and be able to move things across just it's for yourself. And I know that I can just go there and create one if I need to, which is, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's good to know that you can do that. But, um, you know, I, I don't, it, for me, Trello is a silo in the same way that the other applications that we're talking about are. Yeah. Whereas I, OneNote and To Do doesn't feel like a silo to me because To Do is all synchronized through Outlook. Um, you know, Outlook, OneNote, and To Do, they're all core to what I do anyway. So they're all mm-hmm. okay. They're they're part of my ecosystem. They're my productivity tools. Um, and anything outside of that, you know, it's it's hard for me to bring it in. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I like, I like the idea. I like the way of seeing it. I would love to have the way of visualizing this stuff inside of to do. I would like to see to do yeah. fleshed out more because yeah. at the moment we just have lists and we know that they're working on subtasks, uh, mm-hmm. cause they've said that they are. Um, but the, the, the nice thing about to do is you can have tons of stuff in there and it's just hidden away and you just see my day and it recommends which mm-hmm. one you put in my day. So this is exactly what you just hit the nail on the head is why. I could put this all in my to-do list, right? I could, in, in Todoist, I could have these columns in tasks and I could then subtask things or, you know, categorize them within Todoist. But it's the visualization of it all, I think, yeah, is the yeah. helpful part. And being like, right, I like these, these, well. these lanes. And, okay, so what's currently active? What is what is current right now in my life? And ignoring what's upcoming, because I'll go through that as part of the process. And, right... How can I, what can I do to move this forward? Okay, now it's in progress. Okay, what's the track of this? And write a little note for myself. Do I know that it's, you know, it's it's still ongoing and this is what's happening? And then when it goes through, it's, you know, similar to how uh, sprints work, right? And with that kind of stuff. The other thing I would mention is that um, I've got a pairing right now on my iPad uh, and, in fact, my MacBook 13-inch uh, where I've got it uh, in split screen next to Todoist. And to do this is on the right is like a very thin panel. It's like my day, and then I've got this this the rest of the pages is, is Trello with the the sprints and it's 
I'm actually really enjoying having those two matched up together. If I, I know, obviously, you don't want to share the data that's in there, and that's fine. But I, I would mm-hmm. love to see a screenshot of that, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, because you that's, can. that's quite interesting. Um, with Trello, because um, I have a poor Windows user, uh, I've never <laughs> had, I've never used one of these native apps. So I don't know what Trello's official app is like. They they did they made one. I think they made one for Windows, but it was uh, yeah, it wasn't great. I won't be, like, I'm pretty certain, because I'm using it, so I've got it on my 27-inch iMac right now, and it isn't a a screen with uh, Todoist next to it, but the fact is it's such a big display that it doesn't make sense to have them both in full screen, because there's not enough to take up the space. Um, But it does seem, like, it it works so much like their website, it wouldn't surprise me if if it's a, you know, an Electron app. Yeah, and and, and I would be fine by that, by the way. You know, I... um... I'm excited about uh, progressive web apps and uh, I mm. use a lot of electron apps and things. So bringing the web app down, uh, totally fine by me. I would be more than happy with that. Um, that's not a problem. It's just that the, I think Trello invested in the Windows platform. And I think other people did this too at a wrong time because they created essentially what was like a Metro style application mm. for windows 8 right that that didn't look like their application it looked like a metro you know lots of um oh, rectangles and things oh, and God, yeah. um yeah i see this yeah and it just didn't it just didn't it didn't work and they didn't progress it so as applic- as features got ready got added to the rest of the application it didn't um it didn't get updated mm-hmm. and my argument and i liked the metro design philosophy but my argument was always like, if you have your own design language already, use that. Don't don't invent a Windows application that is that has got, uses a different design philosophy to everything else. Yeah, which is which is the approach that they took. Um, you know, for example, you know, Facebook. Facebook doesn't look different on Windows. It looks the same as everything else does. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, as it does on everything else. And that's the way that Trello should have gone, but they didn't. And and I think other. You know, we, the Windows has this app problem t- today still because of this, because of that time where anyone who did get on board with the Metro train got burnt a little bit. Um, yeah. And I haven't reviewed it since, but um, if there's no decent application for me to use, I, there's just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it anyway. So there was a third party one, but wasn't my cup of tea. I would love to see other like alternate apps that do this to Trello, but the fact is Trello have the feature set I need. They're on the platforms I need them to be on. Yeah, and they do it. They do it well. So um, I saw one the other day, and a completely open source implementation of Trello that you could host yourself, and uh, it looked quite good. Um, I don't want to deal with that though. I don't want to deal with hosting myself, and also then what do I have to like code sign the applications myself and sideload them myself? Well, no, I know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not nice to see. down there, but <laughs> no, well, it's fine, you know. Uh, horrible open source crap of most of that. But no, I, I, I totally get what you mean. It actually was. I, I was surprised to see that there was something so feature rich looking that was just yeah. a free alternative. But yeah, it was the website. It wasn't the uh, applications. Last, last little gripe about Trello is that you can't upload custom background images and you can only use the ones that they provide, which to, is via you Unsplash. To, you, have to, you have to get the, um, the what's it called, don't you? You have to uh, get the Trello higher tier. Pro? 
Yeah. So, uh, well, now if I'm going to have to pay for it, then I'm not. <laughs> oh, I, I think I had a free. I think I had a free trial for it or something. Right. I'm pretty sure I did. But um, can't you just change it using Chromium, uh, Chrome, or whatever it is you use? Whatever your browser is, your browser choice. I'm not using it in a browser. I'm using it in the, their apps. Right? Oh, yeah. And well, I never, I never got the Wonderlist Pro. You can only change the background on Wonderlist Pro, and I never got, I never, I never, I never bothered. I used Wonderlist a lot. And I never bothered getting the Pro version. Yeah. Speaking of things to help you be more productive, and I thought I'd just throw this in. I. I I made an investment in an Echo Dot. Oh yeah, and I just wondered where and, I was going then. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I'm worried. Yeah, interesting, yeah, yeah. interesting. So this is your first uh, Alexa device. It is, and I and I, I remember when they came out. I was like, no, these are stupid. These are terrible. I don't even understand why you would want one of these in your kitchen or in your bedroom or in your living room. I've got a Sonos and I've got Siri, and this was what <laughs> it was. It was quite a while ago. But I, I said to myself, I would never get an Alexa because I just don't need it. I've got Siri and I don't want multiple personal assistants. I think we even discussed this on the podcast at some point. It's probably yeah. mentioned quite early on. Yeah, I think things have changed since then, actually. So it's probably something we can talk about again. But yeah, I think we have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but this isn't really about the personal assistant thing. This is about the state of personal assistance in 2018. And Siri is just terrible. <laughs> right, but this isn't really a Siri bashing. Yeah. Your your typical go to. It's not even that. Look, look. I having so you know we keep referring to the to the fact that me and me and Andrew we're away a lot. We're away. We're all over the UK. We're working in different offices. But when we're away, um, uh, it's changed my body clock quite significantly. So I used to get into. I used to get up around half eight, nine, and be in the office for ten, and then leave, um, you know, six or seven ish. But in the office that we're working in right now, we're in the office for half eight and we leave about six-ish, but, you know, but it's changed my body clock. And something I was saying a little while ago was I needed to change the way, like, you know, health thing, like eating better and, and, and sleeping at, at times that make sense rather than between 1 and 3 a.m. I'll go to bed and get up at mm-hmm. ridiculous hour. And... My calendar's got be, like much busier as, as as these things do, and I just wanted in the morning lights come on and something go. You know, good morning. This is what's going on today for you, and this is the news and anything else in the future that I might want. Like, you know, I do you want me to put the coffee machine on, and, you know. Yeah. And Siri has significant, like even just you know. Hey Siri, can you do X, Y, or Z? Like play some music, right? It just can't do it, right? So um, we got an Alexa, an Echo Dot, basically, and I was, I, I'm pleasantly surprised to the point where I'm actually astounded by how useful it is. I plugged it in, I plugged it in, I set it up on the app, mm-hmm. I set up one of those you know routines that basically say you know at seven o one you know give me give me a you know a news flash and tell me good morning and unfortunately it cannot tell me what's going on in my day in terms of calendar just yet which i find really frustrating but i can go hey personal assistant tell me what's going on for 
today in my ca- you know yeah my calendar for today or even for the next seven days mm-hmm. and it will just r- and she'll just run through it and I'm like amazing this is awesome it's highlighted that I do need to name my calendar events more descriptively yeah because uh, she she just kind of goes oh you've got um meeting the worst one is the Mavis podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's absolutely oh my ridiculous. god. See, I don't see that, but I can. I know what it's Up, like. Updated invitation: Mavis recording at Sunday, <laughs> yeah. February fourth, twenty eighteen, ten a.m. to, to be honest, GMT, that's Julian and Julie. <laughs> Is that the title? Yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. But to be honest, that's not really that's, the worst. That's of it. All the worst the of it is when it's just one title. When it's just meeting, it just says meeting. Mm. Or you've got right. X name of customer, and you're like, I have no idea what that is. Um, but. Even the fact that, because you know, you, you, we pay. I pay for Amazon Prime, right? Which means that I get my de- next day delivery free, but I also get Prime Video and I get Prime Music. Which means, and again, this is so much better. This is the best thing ever. Is I can just go, hey, personal assistant, play this song from this album, or just oh, play really? a playlist of this. And so that's not yeah, through Spotify, it, does it? Through Amazon? No, no, it just defaults. I mean, you can you can connect to Spotify and it'll do it. But yeah, so I, mind I haven't changed Spotify. it because yeah. it's it's just great. It just came built in with this feature. And yeah, fine, it's an Echo Dot and the speaker isn't that good, but we have it in our bedroom. So it's next to me in the bedroom. And Georgia, you know, my girlfriend, she every morning... <laughs> Sorry. Um, what, she every morning um, will... Or used to quite significantly, um, portion of the time would use her iPhone and just play, put Radio Six music on, mm. right? But now she can just go, "Hey, personal assistant, play BBC Six Radio music," right? And it'll just work. And there was no setup really; it was just oh, so it was with radio as well. Yeah, it's br- it's absolutely brilliant. It's honestly, that, I, I, I so Amazon so, does that. I mean, oh, that's interesting. It's quite yeah, interesting. and obviously it works with the the Philips Hue, which yep. controls all the bedroom lights and all the living room lights. Uh, and it works with the Sonos. Now this was even, this was brilliant. I went, Hey, personal assistant play X artist on the Sonos in the living room. And it just worked. I could hear it from downstairs. And it was just like, this is brilliant. This is the, integ- you know, when you think you, you get something and you're like, oh, I just wish it could do this. And it, it wasn't that cumbersome and it would just work. Yeah. It just worked. And I was like, I'm still blown away by it. And things like the routines, obviously, it doesn't come on. It doesn't give me the new flash briefings on weekends. But mm-hmm. the update in, the update to skills is going to be interesting because I really want to add things like better support for like... I mean, I probably could do this myself, but I really want to be able to, in the morning when I run it, it runs a routine that it could tell me my Outlook calendar information for, you know, what's my next meeting, but yeah. without me having to, Prompt you know, a- ask it to. Yeah, so a few things. One, I I have three of these around my house. I have one in my kitchen, one in my office right now, and one in my bedroom. And I don't, I, I, I they're cool. They're helpful. I think that they're similar to my Apple Watch, where I absolutely love it. Like apart from like the activity side of the Apple Watch, which is amazing. Um, one of the best things about it is getting my notifications and keeping my phone from vibrating. Right. And it's like if it's not there, I miss it, and I don't like it being there. But similar with the the elect, the the echoes for me, where it's like like yesterday I was walking up the stairs with a bunch of clothes, and I was trying my hardest not to let socks drop out, right? And it's like I don't want to drop these anywhere. And it's like, oh, hey, uh, personal assistant, please turn on the lights in this room because now you know I I have no hands left. That kind of yeah. stuff really helpful. And I think the 
the openness of the the Amazon line of personal assistant products has mm. been its catalyst because yeah. yeah yeah people just want to build anything for it and I've written I've written um you know skills for it and implemented them that do very very custom things for for me and I can shout them out and they work like their their first party and they're really helpful and again like like you were saying with the the light integration um you know that's all set up one thing that i absolutely love for mine is when i go to bed uh saying hey personal assistant play uh white noise or play some thunderstorm sounds right and yeah. the applicate the skill i use for that plays it for an hour and turns off automatically so i don't have to say hey personal assistant turn uh play this hey personal assistant turn off in an hour and yeah, then yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff is is just awesome. So I really appreciate that. However, the skill directory it's open, which is both a, a blessing, blessing and, a and a curse because yeah. you get some, you get you mix and match, you yeah, get yeah, some things that look so similar, and miss, but sorry. Have something in there, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you get the free advertised kind of like Apple Store app thing where they're all just you know someone's like i want to build a skill and i'll stick it on there mm. and people will use it right but they don't build they don't put that much attention to it so you end up with a similar model on that yeah. skill store yeah but 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 yeah but, but that's the thing right like that kind of doesn't bother me so much because i'm not gonna you know it's all it's easy to try things out it's kind of like having the app store and you delete a free app because it's crap yeah um yeah but but like the the pricing of the echo dot it's thirty five. I bought mine for thirty five pounds. I think yeah, they're you got about thirty. You got an offer. It's about fifty pounds now. It's fifty pounds by default. It's what fifty? Yes, by default. Yeah. Really? I thought they were thirty five by default. No, no, fifty by default. I paid fifty mm. for each of mine. Well, still fifty pounds. Like, yeah, they're cheap compared not to the one hundred and fifty that the original Echo was. But this is the thing, right? The speaker in it, right? Fine. It's it's the small. It's the dot. The speaker mm. in it is pretty decent. It's not like amazing for music, which is why we have the Sonos, but. When you're playing like music or anything, it's still you know it's not like oh no it sounds sh- I'm not gonna you know use it, but the I'm considering getting one for the living room because I'm sick of Siri like like okay like point in point in question last night, um, not even last night on Friday night um, I got home we're on the sofa watching the latest episodes of Star Trek it's about eleven thirty we have our lights to set off to go around that time mm-hmm. or whatever the, the house just does it. And they went off and were like, oh, right, no one wants to get up because, you know, you're, on, you're in that comfy position on the sofa. Yeah. So we started shouting on Siri, who was like right, like five, maybe five feet away. Nothing. Right. And then when it did, it did kick into touch, it was like, uh, go on, I'm listening. It's like, mm-hmm. I've already said this three times. <laughs> Whereas Alexa, you, could, you can whisper. Yeah, she's Uh-oh. really good. Uh-oh. Which is why... You have to stop now. I think now you're you're going to understand why I don't want people saying it on the right. podcast. And you've right. always taken taken the mic in the past, like ah, yeah, ah, he's just having us on. It's really but, annoying, and you'll get it if I if if we were having this conversation without you wearing headphones, and I said it, you'd be yeah, off. it would be really annoying. Exactly, <laughs> but <laughs> but right, and I just like so much about it, and it, this is like for me, I bought it as a utility, and I found I found that. Um, with the iPad Pro, we had this discussion uh, last week when we were in the uh, we were in the uh, the Airbnb mm-hmm. that I get more use out of this iPad than I did my 13 inch Pro because I bought it for a set of tasks. Yes, and the Alexa. Uh-oh. Uh oh, <laughs> I bought. You're doing really well. 
Yeah, I know. The the Echo Dot, sorry. Um, I bought for a specific reason. It It's a bedside thing to basically help me with my day, right? Yeah. But it also has so many other features that are just so useful. Um, and I'm going to get, yeah, I definitely think I'm going to get one for the living room because, you know, why not? Um, the yeah. integration with the Sonos is brilliant. I feel like there's a lot more I can get out of it, um, for sure. Like, even the Alexa app is quite useful, like... Of, um, the one that comes with the phone. So it's okay, um, yeah. Um, I'm thinking that it would be cool to use it to do order stuff, but I think that might be a bit dangerous. Yeah, I've disabled that. I don't want that happening. <laughs> if I if I want to order something and um, I want to be very much included in that process. Yeah, but I'm not talking about like I'm talking about like for instance, like dishwasher tablets or something like that. You know yeah, where you've got these dash then, buttons, like. You know, because the like, fact is, when I got these, what did, when you two first came over, what did you try and do? Hey, first oh, yeah. assistant, buy this really expensive thing. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Okay, hey, try this thing. And it was like, guys, I've disabled it. Give up, because I knew this would happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's just things like that. And obviously, you guys were joking, and you, you would, I'd be able to cancel it. But, hmm. yeah, I knew that stuff would happen, so I disabled that. And this kind of leads on to the next topic that I want to tie in with this is... Because you were, you were talking about the speakers and the Echo Dots. I purposefully didn't get the full Echoes, and I don't have a full Echo, but I have three Echo Dots. And the reason is because um, I wanted the Assistant, not the speaker part. You mm. obviously have a Sonos. I have my um, Harman Kardon speakers here at my desk, and I have my AirPods, and I have my car. I also have speakers downstairs for my TV in my living room, which I use when I'm watching TV by default. And... But if I want to listen to music, it's out of those. And I don't want to do it out of an Echo. The Echo is good for the white noise, though, because, you know, it's white noise anyway. It doesn't actually have any, like, quality bearing to it. So I purposefully got the, um, the you know, the, the Echo Dots for that reason. Yeah. Uh, and I think because you were really happy with the fact that it integrates with the Sonos. So, yeah. Um, and the reason this ties into our next topic is the HomePod. Now, Apple have accepted started accepting pre-orders for the HomePod, which is uh, due to ship on the 9th of February. Uh, How much is it? Uh, $349. So, $349. Yeah. I wouldn't, just wouldn't. No right, so way, not with where Siri is. Right, yeah. But I, so, I've heard really good things about the audio quality. The audio quality is actually... Oh, great. I'll really, get a Sonos. Really good. <laughs> and I don't want to spend too much time on this uh, topic, because I know for a fact that neither of us have bought one. I've heard that I've heard, I've heard it's really good, but one of the things that kind of um, that kind of bothers me is that if you want really good sound, surely you want stereo. I I yeah, no. I mean I I guess, but I like I no, don't. You do you do want stereo? If that's right. if like if you're sitting down to enjoy some music, like actually, if that's what you want to do, enjoy the music. Surely you want stereo, and the, the yeah. all of these smart speakers don't have that. They're just. I mean, obviously, the Sonos, you can put them around and, and set them to be stereo, but I'm sure you can't do that with the... Um, uh, yeah, you can, get, you can get two of these if you wanted to and stereo them up, I'm pretty sure. For the Apple... The HomePod, yeah. Uh, uh, it's my understanding that it doesn't understand different rooms and it doesn't. It, you can't play uh, two things in uh, from... Uh, sorry, one thing out of two speakers. It doesn't support that now. It doesn't so even support, Sonos, it doesn't support oh, multiple launch. users. No, 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 a lot at launch, but at launch, I don't know why I said that's not even <gasps> but then, a word. But then, this but is the thing. Like, stereo sound with a second HomePod is on their, is on their, their timeline. It's just coming oh, on so here. You have along to, but that's a lot of money. 
And why why have they not been able to do that launch? Anyway, it just seems silly yeah. that they're coming to the game so late with such a poor offering. Right. So they they already delayed these and um and I, like I don't, I don't get me I wrong, it's got some lovely stuff in it though. Um, for example, because you know you know me, I I really like the idea of just uh, you know natural computing stuff that just does stuff and and, and works mm-hmm. right. Um, the, uh, it's my understanding that the the HomePod does this thing where it checks the room geometry by by doing some sounds and yes. listening back and working out how to make it sound good. And it does one of the cute things is it does this after it knows it has been moved, so it has accelerometers in it. Mm-hmm. So it knows that it's been moved. It knows it's no longer in the same place, even if it was off and then turned back on again. It knows that it's moved, and it will automatically do that. And I like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a very smart. It's a smart speaker, is in it's got that um, that transparent smart technology that makes it be a good speaker, but it's not smart as in intelligent. This is, I think, this is the thing about it. They've gone from it from a very Apple. They've gone to yeah. it from a very Apple way, focusing on making good good audio yes they're not shipping with stereo but you can no, do that in the future uh, that but they haven't focused on i think the technology side well, of it. Have they been well I, w- I would i would actually disagree with that in a, in a you kind of right they've gone gone they've done the typical apple thing which is the apple of the last five years and they focused on the little bits that make it the little bits are nice right the stuff that realistically people would care about and go, Apple have done an amazing job there if they got the stereo and the rest of the sound quality right. Like, for instance, like, so that whole moving around and it re, you know, reorienting itself and knowing that it's been moved, that's a typical Apple-like polish, right? Because that's what Apple are good at. But historically, they would do that and make a decent product. And that's what would make them better than the rest of the competition. But now what they're doing is they're terrible at the, the overarching product and they're still good. It's like, you know, with the Apple Watch 2, when they decided, you know, they were like, oh, it's waterproof now. And look, at this is the way we made sure we could clear out all the water. We used the speaker or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we, we, you know, it's and it's stuff like that. Um, but why the hell wasn't it waterproof from the beginning, right? Why, you know, I'm not saying find the Apple Watch is one of, the, one of those examples where that's when they were coming out of the whole, we can do everything really well and have the little bits. But this HomePod is just like, like the fact that it, this is a 350 pound speaker and it does not ship with stereo by default. Yeah, fine, they can do it in the future. Is like I just wouldn't. Like so, I'm not a sound buff. I'm not a sound buff. But um the I just wouldn't I just wouldn't um yeah, it doesn't I wouldn't buy one. It doesn't I think top line cuz I don't want to spend too much time on this. Top line is I'd be interested to see what it's like when the AirPlay 2 stuff comes because AirPlay 2 is supposed to be much much better than AirPlay 1. Um, the stereo thing obviously fixed that. Siri needs a lot of work to to be effective, like the um, you know, like the assistants that we've got right now. But it is a good sounding product, apparently. Um, I I don't know. The interesting thing, Jordan, is uh, just just quickly is you you said last episode about how washing machines are built to break, so that you know they'll get more money. Is that not okay well, for, for technology companies as well? Because like the keyboard thing is, is what do you made it in relation to? Yeah, but but what are you trying to say? That they ship with mono so that you'll buy a they stereo? They ship with waterproof, right? Because one, some technology reason, and mm. two, because they need to sell another product in a no, year. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't think it's the same. I think you're building a product for people to buy. Right? You, a washing machine, right? It does a, it, What does it do? It washes clothes. Therefore, you're going to buy it because you know it washes clothes. If the washing machine came without the ability to um, drain itself, then you, you wouldn't buy it, right? 
But an Apple Watch was a watch and they pitched it about fitness and sport and all this kind of stuff. Yet you couldn't go swimming in it. Which is fine. That's kind of one of those small things. Like that wasn't a massive. I still bought one because I don't. I didn't swim that often. Massive to some people. Yeah, but the but the whole um the whole thing about like it shipping without the like it's a sound device, yet it has poor sound features. I wouldn't say that. Mm, I I would take the stereo enabled over the being able to reorientate itself. um, If I was buying this as a speaker. No, but I mean, uh, yeah. My argument, for, my argument for stereo is the fact that if you are, if you're really into sound, like the people that they say that it's for, then you you would want stereo. Andrew mentions, and they've got an answer for that, which is which makes sense. But I think the majority of people actually don't care about stereo that much. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, my I've got uh, stereo speakers underneath my television, but they're quite close together. They're not like different sides of the room. You mm-hmm. get some stereo feel from that, but not a massive amount. Um, so I, I guess that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter too much. Um, yeah, I, I, I like you know that that whole smart technology of being able to reorientate itself. I, I I really really I really think that that kind of thing is what Apple does great. The thing that lets it down here, yes, they are clearly behind on the software because you know if it doesn't do stereo yet, that's a software thing. It's nothing to do with the hardware. Mm. It's all about the the way that they talk to each other. But um, but the, the the thing that makes a smart speaker smart for um, yeah. the echo and stuff like that is the fact that it does all this stuff for you as well as play music. And the the HomePod doesn't do that. Like you can't get it to read a calendar. Um, which which is which yeah, exactly. you know is the thing that you're saying is so fantastic about the echo is the fact that it can do that kind of thing. So I don't know. I think, I, I think for me, it's that it makes me wonder what that was going on because I mean, Siri, I've heard, I don't use it. I've heard bad things about it from, uh, from you guys. Jordan. Uh, well, no, from both of you and, and uh, from other people as well. I, I feel like Siri is uh, one of those things that gets is now, cool to hate on does that make sense and it must be deserved yeah i i don't know i think people have are in that mindset and i don't know what will persuade them to get out of it but uh overall well, being, uh, being good i assume because it's it does sound it, like it's quite far behind the others i mean yes you know cortana hasn't progressed as much as as i would like it to that's that is absolutely true i wish it had progressed further we, we saw a lot of prototypes of yeah. the uh, improved conversational UI, and we never actually got it, but we know that that, that that they've been working on it. So hopefully they're continuing. But um, but Cortana does a lot of stuff, and already did do a lot of stuff, and was ahead in some ways early on. Um, but I just I don't hear people saying good things about new stuff coming to Siri, just bad things like the sarcastic timer that, that yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Know, we were talking about the other day. That just like why would why would it be like that? That just sounds that just sounds really rude. Like I wouldn't want to have an assistant that does that. I would actually, I would be, I'd be really, uh, I'd be really upset if if, yeah. if Cortana started doing stuff like that. Um, and I really hope that they never go down that path. You never know because their interaction with software interaction with humans is hard, especially conversational stuff where it's about 
interpreting context. what people are saying. Yeah, context. And, you know, the, the stochastic timer is is potentially really devastating if you're in a fragile state of mind. Mm-hmm. And and, your ti- and you ask your timer to do something and it comes back and says, um, what is it? Uh, the suspense, yeah, I've set a timer for 10 minutes, the suspense is killing me. Like, why? Why, why does it need to say yeah. that? Why did they add that to Siri? This, and as kind of my final point, on this would be that's Apple like because I know I keep banging on about how Apple are doing it wrong but if you watch the WWDC conferences and all the conferences where they bring out new features they make it as if like those are the things that they show when when like um, is it Craig yeah who does it yeah he, he comes on and he goes oh hey Siri do this and um you're right that's that's the audience that would clap right that's, that's yeah where the audience and it's like ha 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 hello sir yeah and you're so funny siri and everyone's like yeah hilarious and then it's like In and they do world, that yeah. it's like yeah and it's like this is just one really awkward two you're showing me you're making more of a deal about the sense of humor that's fake and stupid than the actual feature that is lacking late to the game and quite frankly crap do you know what i mean and yeah uh, this is like an, an Apple's mentality right now is like let's play to the conferences rather than the actual mass user. But I don't know, maybe that's so, just my opinion. Yeah. So to wrap up on the home because I think we can talk about this more maybe uh, in a future episode. Yeah, I think we should. We'll, we'll come. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come back to assistance in general in a, yes. in a future episode. Yeah, but they're they're actually three hundred and twenty pounds, Jordan, in the UK. And you can oh. pick one up on finance for fifteen pounds a month, but it's still not enough to make me go and pre-order one. And I imagine I just don't know what I would use it for. So, well, yeah, we'll pick that up and see see what it's like when people start actually receiving them. Uh, if anyone receives one, because if anyone orders one, it'll be interesting. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Mavis Podcast, episode seventeen. As I said earlier, you can find the show notes for today's episode at mavispodcast.com/slash seventeen. You can also tweet us your questions at Mavis Podcast for us to answer them on the show. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Hathaway. You can find Julian on Twitter at Julian K. And Jordan is Jordan is on fire on Twitter.